You're listening to Reach MD, the channel for medical professionals. Hi, this is Dr. Ann Goldberg, president of the National Lipid Association, and I'd like to welcome you to Lipid Luminations, hosted by Dr. Larry Caskell, presented by the National Lipid Association. My guest today is Dr. David Marin. He is Associate Professor of Medicine and Emergency Medicine at Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. He is also the Medical Director of the Diani Center for Health and Wellness at Vanderbilt, and he was Chairman of the Optimal Medical Therapy Committee for the COURAGE Trial. Dr. Marin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Can you tell our audience briefly just what the COURAGE Trial, what the purpose for this trial was? The purpose was to determine whether the addition of PCI to optimal medical therapy when used as an initial management strategy reduces the risk of death or MI in patients with stable coronary disease in comparison with optimal medical therapy alone. How many people were in the study? We randomized 2,287 patients at 50 sites in the U.S. and Canada. So that seems like a decent amount of people to be in a study. It sounds like it was powered nicely. Well, we thought that we were powered adequately. It turns out that if we had included thousands more, there probably would have been no difference in what we ultimately found. And what kind of design did you have? Randomized control trial. And our primary outcome measure was death or MI. And the design was to randomize patients with angiographic disease that was amenable to PCI and who had objective evidence of ischemia to receive PCI plus medical therapy, I'll call it OMT for optimal medical therapy, versus OMT alone. And both groups got intensive, guideline-driven medical therapy and lifestyle intervention. And we had patients followed up from anywhere from two and a half to seven years. Sounds like a decent amount of time. What type of stents were used in that? Were they bare metal or were they drug eluting? They were virtually all bare metal stents. And the reason for that is simply the era in which the trial was performed. Drug eluting stents only became available towards the very end of our enrollment period. So virtually all of the stents were bare metal. Off the topic, do you have an opinion of drug eluting stents versus bare metal stents? In terms of efficacy, are they worth the hype and the added cost? Well, I think that drug-eluting stents, without question, are superior in terms of preventing restenosis and probably better than, and it would just be logical that they're better at, at preventing recurrent angina. I don't think it's the purpose here to go into the whole controversy about late stent thrombosis, but I think if a patient has a lesion that is approved for drug-eluting stent use, and it's someone that is likely to be very compliant with clopidogrel, that it makes lots of sense to use a drug-eluting stent. And I think that the newer generations of these stents will solve the, the problem of late stent thrombosis with the discontinuation of clopidogrel. Tell me a little bit about what kind of compliance you achieved in the study and if you think that that is achievable in real life. Well, we had terrific adherence to the protocol. And I think that this was achieved because of the nature of the intervention. We had patients managed by nurse practitioners or nurses who were trained research nurses who were following protocols. 
that's not exactly the way medicine is practiced in offices around North America. So our compliance with the medical therapy was in excess of 90%. And, you know, we had more than 90% of our patients in, in both groups taking statins. We had excellent compliance with the other medicines that were prescribed. And also another thing that improved our compliance was that the medications that we prescribed were by and large free to the study participants. So, you know, we had advantages that are ordinarily not available in private practice. However, there's no reason why practices cannot follow protocols for treating their patients. We don't have medicines that are free to hand out, but this is one of the criticisms leveled against the trial by interventional cardiologists. And the obvious question here is, if you're not sure that you can achieve high compliance with medical therapy in the real world, then we shouldn't use drug-eluting stents because it's so important that patients take their clopidogrel after implantation of a drug-eluting stent. So I don't think it's a genuine argument that can be leveled against this study. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Lipid Luminations on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. My guest today is Dr. David Marin. He was the chairman of the Optimal Medical Therapy Committee for the COURAGE trial. And if you just tuned in, we're going to find out what COURAGE actually proved, what the results were. So what, what did we learn? Well, we learned that adding PCI to optimal medical therapy as an initial strategy did not reduce the risk of death or MI. And that's what a lot of interventional cardiologists are saying, well, we expected that, and that's nothing new. Another important finding from the study is that PCI did a better job than optimal medical therapy alone in treating angina. But the caveat, or the, the footnote there, is that it was a little bit better, statistically significant, for a two- to three-year period a little bit better. And so that obviously brings up the question, is it worth it from a, a cost perspective? Right. And that uh, we won't be able to answer that today. Maybe in 10 years, we'll have an ethical answer for that question. What kind of quality of life results did you see in the trial? Were, were people living more free of angina in one group than the other? Yes. The angina status of the PCI group was more patients were angina-free with the PCI plus optimal medical therapy than optimal medical therapy alone. So at baseline, about 12% of the subjects were free of angina. Within one year, 66% of the PCI group was free of angina, 58% of OMT free of angina. That gap narrowed to 72% free of angina versus 67% by three years, still statistically significant. And by five years, there was no significant difference between the groups. That's one important point, that there was a slightly better relief of angina with PCI. What I think is one of the most dramatic findings of the trial was how very well the optimal medical therapy group did in terms of angina relief, better than any previous trial comparing medicine with PCI or uh, certainly comparing uh, bypass surgery with medicine in terms of angina relief. So this study is, is fascinating in terms of that particular aspect, how very well angina was relieved. And 
patients came in on medical therapy at the beginning of the trial. So why do you think you got the results you did in Courage? Do you think it was related to patient adherence, related to the protocol you used, or just lucky, a lucky outcome? Are we talking about the hard outcome or the quality of life outcomes? Hard outcomes, death or MIs. Well, I think we got the results that we did because we treated the underlying atherosclerosis aggressively with all the medical therapy that the last few decades of, of research have proven to be effective. And we were aggressive in the risk factor goals that we targeted. You know, we designed the trial in the mid-90s. I argued strenuously with my colleagues to shoot for an LDL goal of 50 to 70, and we ultimately settled at 60 to 85. But that, that was in the mid-1990s that we had that discussion. It was only in uh, 2001 that the LDL goal less than 70 was recommended for patients with multiple risk factors or who had had an acute coronary syndrome. So we were aggressive in our in our targets. We were aggressive in trying to elicit com compliance or adherence from our patients. And I am sure that that has everything to do with the results that we got. Dr. Marin, can I, Larry Caskell, as a interventional internist, have the courage now, after this trial, no pun intended, to be aggressive with my patients that have stable coronary artery disease and get their LDLs to 70 or below and get their HDLs to as high as I can get them? and keep them on antiplatelet therapy and control their blood pressure and feel that I am doing enough. Absolutely. If the patient is not symptomatic, then there really is no other course that, that you should pursue. What if they're not symptomatic, but they fail a, a stress test? Well, it depends on your definition of failing. If a patient has a drop in blood pressure, ventricular tachycardia, marked ST depression at an early workload, those patients were excluded from the COURAGE trial. And I would not advocate a conservative approach in those patients. If failure means that they had ischemia at a reasonably high workload without symptoms, then I think that that's a, a very appropriate candidate to have an initial strategy of medical therapy. I mean, one of the lessons of the COURAGE trial is that the patient does not suffer a penalty by selecting optimal medical therapy as an initial strategy. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Lipid Luminations on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. My guest today is Dr. David Marin. He was the chairman of the Optimal Medical Therapy Committee for the COURAGE trial. What about the physician who's worried about getting sued, who just doesn't feel comfortable with just putting this person on medications, and let's say that person does have an event and their family says, why did you not stent my father? Well, I, I think that one of the benefits of the COURAGE trial is that we provide a very legitimate cover or rationalization for that approach. I'm not saying that our, our patients didn't have events who were treated with medical therapy only. I'm saying that they didn't have an increased rate. Uh, there was no increased risk by pursuing a medical therapy as the initial strategy. And about a third of our patients crossed over or had a revascularization procedure during the trial because of either worsening angina or persistently 
severe angina. So I think that you need not fear a, uh, a negligence suit by pursuing an optimal medical therapy strategy because we've got the data to say that's a very reasonable way to go. Well, on that note, I would like to thank our guest, Dr. David Marin, very much for coming on Lipid Luminations today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Lipid Luminations, presented by the National Lipid Association. For more information, please visit www.lipid.org. Reach MD, the channel for medical professionals. This ReachMD program is featured on Sermo, a free online community exclusively for physicians. To discuss this program with your colleagues, visit www.sermo.com. That's S-E-R-M-O.com. When you join, enter ReachMD in the promotion box to receive a $15 Amazon gift card.